Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. This is episode seven, The Art of Change. My name is Redmond, and on today's episode, I have joining me Ian. Going on. Good. I say that like we haven't been talking for the last hour, but I'm <laughs> <Right>. here. What's up? <laughs> and our special guest for today is Linda, whom, besides being an incredible person, is also a transformational coach and consultant, and she's going to help us talk about the art of change. But before we do all of that, let's just check in, see how everybody is doing. Ian, why don't you start us off, man? How's the week? Oh, uh, I'm sore. Played dodgeball on Wednesday, and yeah. I can't feel my rib cage. I got my knees all cut up. Yeah, I'm just I'm in a lot of pain right now. It hurts to cough or laugh, so Ooh. don't make me do either, please. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's it's getting better now. We had a good dodgeball game. Unfortunately, we lost, and I'm finding out more and more every week that I'm actually very competitive in yeah. rec league sports. Yeah, so. I need to maybe curve out a bit next week. <laughs> Hopefully with a win, that'll chill me out a bit. Sorry, sorry. I was supposed to have you say something when I introduced you. We can just still pull with this. All right. You That's the point me. of editing, right? Yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm not that great at it yet, but okay. <laughs> well, you got to do editing to release these. <laughs> I do. Although they can't all be continuous. No, I do a lot of editing. Yeah. Like, I think this will get... That's okay. We will definitely keep this in for people to get this authentic experience. <laughs> but yes, back to the dodgeball game. I was there because Ian and I are both in a sports league together. Um, and we played against the assholes. Oh, uh, no, that wasn't what? their names. But they were not they were, uh... they were not the nicest people. Really? First of all, let's just get one thing out of the way. Mm-hmm. I did not realize dodgeball had so many rules. Yeah. Does it? Oh, my God. The first few games we lost because we didn't even realize we were doing things that we couldn't do. So really, we put ourselves out because oh, of wow. the rules. You can catch a ball, but not while you're holding another ball. But you can't drop that ball to catch another ball. Doesn't that take no. away from the fun? Well, it sure took away from the fun <laughs> for the first couple of games. And then we started getting a little angry. We started waiting a bit more. But they were just they were too aggressive from the start. We weren't going to put up a fight. But if you ever want to see... People in their 20s and 30s get riled up like it is elementary school. Play dodgeball. Well, that was the last time I played dodgeball in uh, elementary. Uh, elementary school, yeah. yeah like most and people. And it was fierce. Yep, yep. I remember that. Yeah, my body can't handle it the same way it did when we were eight years old. But yeah. 
Yeah, my body is quite sore from that game too. Um, my arm, my arm is super sore. Like I didn't realize how. Oh really? Yeah, because we you have to throw the ball. Yeah, you do. Yeah. A certain way, and these weren't like the heavy, heavier balls you used to have in like no, middle so school, jerky. elementary. It's, yeah. It's so like nice. these balls were lighter, so like I could get no heat under them. <laughs> like they were not. These guys were catching them, or they were just not even getting to them. Actually, <laughs> but these sports are so good for keeping you in, keeping you playing all sorts of different sports. Like yeah. everyone says, I haven't played this sport in ten years, twelve years. Whether it's, it's so true, floor yeah. hockey, indoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, people don't play that stuff. So when you yeah. do, you actually feel like you're not losing it year to year. You can but actually go and then play in a league. It was a lot of fun. So we just got to get more wins. Yeah, let's win next week. It's fine. So. So, yeah, Sports League was good. That's Ian and I's update. Yeah. Linda, what's going on with you? You have been busy. I've been trying to text you. I haven't been getting responses. (laughs) Really? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm just busy, you know, uh, maintaining a number of things. I just got back from traveling. So I I, I went to see some family in um, Alberta, and I did some training up in town. So in the mountains. Um, so unfortunate because I didn't get to see a lot of the mountains. I was uh, mm. inbound for, for most of it. But, um, I mean, I always tell people, if you've never been to Bath, I've been there many times. It's a very beautiful place. So, yeah, now I'm back. So you enjoyed it? How long were you there for? I was there for almost four days. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a fantastic. Yeah, and it was fantastic to see family. I missed them. Um, but it was a whirlwind. Like, I don't even know where January went. And yeah, January is definitely been gone. About catching up this week, just okay. We're in February. Yeah. All right, it's yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think it's a good place for people to go and visit sometimes? Absolutely. If you've never been to, like, you know, Jasper Bath, I'm more of a fan of Bath. But if you've never been, I mean, it's a serene place, beautiful mm-hmm. mountains, crisp air. Um, I always tell people if you're not a fan of skiing, just go in the summer. It's yeah. it's really really beautiful. Yeah. Rocky so Mountains. Go biking instead. Biking, hiking, mm-hmm. um, even the Banff Springs are fantastic. Canoeing. I love canoeing. So, so wait, what is the weather like there in the winter? Is it Toronto cold or is it a whole um, other level? Well, I, I, from my perspective, I find the winters in Toronto um, more humid. So the minus 10 here feels to me like it hits the bones. It's much colder in a different way. Deep cold. Well, yeah, it's a deep cold, whereas there... You might hear, like, you'll turn on the TV, see the weather forecast, and it'll be like, minus 30. But, you know, I find people have to understand it's like a drier winter. So mm-hmm. we can actually handle, if, obviously, if you've been there for a number of years, you can handle minus 20, minus 15 better than you could here. Um, yeah. It just tends to feel colder in the humid Toronto. So anybody looking to make a trip to Canada, Bath <laughs> is your place. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you meet Alberta? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Canada. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking to the listeners that aren't. Oh, in Canada. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, Highly recommend. Because I assume that I have about three. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. Get our metrics. Yeah. So, I don't want to change the subject, mm. but that was my transition there. I don't know if it was a great one, but. I loved it. It was subtle. Let's talk about the art of change. All right. With Linda. So let's just start it off. Basic question What is change to you? What is change to me? Wow, that's a that's a really big question. From my perspective, 
Let me answer it simply. Change really is about making the decision um, based on the fact that you're not comfortable with the current state and you want a new future state, right? So the process of change in itself is moving from current to future. That's how I define it. That is definitely the most profound <laughs> answer. Well, I, I think we don't really break it down like that. No, we don't. We we see it as a gradual thing, but the, the reality is that there needs to be a difference from point A to point B. Do people even recognize that difference, though? I think for, for some people, people acknowledge that there's something not working in their present state. And they may not be able to articulate that in itself as a sign that something has to change, right? Because, you know, it's one thing to acknowledge that something has to change. It's another thing to proceed in the direction of the process of changing, which is tied to action, right? So those are two facets to experience the end state, the new state being the change, right? So there's many components to it. Um, and it also depends on the perception and, and the mindset of the individual going through or experiencing some form of possible change. That is profound, <laughs> as I said before. Because so when I think about change, I'm like, oh, I need to change the light bulb. Okay? <laughs> I need to change the yeah. locks on my door. I need to change the sheets on my bed. Because, you know, just for yeah. hygienic purposes. But, but think about, like, the light bulb example. Why do you need to change it? Like, there is something that happened that made you look at that light bulb and go, it's, there's something not working with it, therefore I need to act on it to make it back to an estate where I'm comfortable with, right? And it's part of a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a component of greater change, which is just greater comfort. Yeah. Because with that light bulb comes light and comes some comfort, right? Yeah. Right, because I don't have enough candles to light my place up. <laughs> right. <laughs> when... It's dark outside and there's but you no should light. Do more candles too, because then you get the added benefit of scents, which can be. Like, <laughs> like I just find it's better mood lighting, and you get the bonus scents. Like, well, it depends warm. on the type of scented candles, though, right? Because some of them yeah. can be toxic. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually don't think about that when I go buy scents. <laughs> well, maybe that's something you can change. change. I was thinking, what should I avoid in candles? Well, I, I, for one, am a fan of, like, you know, beeswax or, like, natural candle formation. So, like, something that's unscented, right? And I'll mm -hmm. find scents or, like, nice smells from different things, like diffusers. I'll put the oils in them and rather get my scents from there versus um, a candle that's scented because it potentially could be filled with chemicals right. that you are bringing Inhaling. into your body, yeah. right? So it's a give or take. Huh. Wow. Didn't know we'd be talking about candles, did you, now? Well, <laughs> it's just my experience because I love candles, You learn something, yeah. 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 I mean, I, it makes sense. You're burning a, your material. And right? there's so many different brand names of candles. There's so much variety out there. So it's just about, like, learning about, or even sometimes yes. in the back, they'll list what the candle's made up of. Well, you can buy oil-based candles, can't you? Right? Or is that, there's, is that not there's a thing? Like, there's a lot of candles out there. There's even, like... Um, natural stores that will have like unscented candles with no not much in them and like I said like personally from my experience I've always refrained from scented candles and moving I'd rather get my scents from like diffuser which I have on okay. right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hear that people you need to change your candle life okay 
Stop buying those. Stop buying those candles and get you some diffusers within their comfort. Within your comfort. Yes, if they are ready for that. The diffusers are nice though. I like they're a very great presentation. Yeah. If people can see this here, it's lovely. Very calming. Very calming. That's the intended benefit. That's another benefit of it too, right? The atmosphere. Just, uh, the vibe. Wow. So, <laughs> Linda. <laughs> Now that we've changed people's minds about candles, uh-huh. let's talk about change a little bit more. Do you think that change is, is obvious or is there obvious change or does most change go unnoticed? I think it's both. I think it depends. Uh, you know, there's obvious change. It could be, you know, trauma. It could be um, stressors that force you into a corner that you left till. A point in your life where you're like, okay, I have no choice at this point. I have to change. And they can be subtle. It could be, you know, motivating factors of the people you surround yourself with, a new job, a new environment that trigger subtle changes um, that are gradual, um, but that bring you to a new state. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I'm not the same person or I'm not in the same place I was last year. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Right? So I see it both both ways. But you think that people don't notice it when it's those small, minor changes, right? Technically, like, you're always doing stuff to improve, or you would like to think that people are always doing things to improve themselves Yeah. every day, and it's not until a large amount of time has gone by that you'll notice, oh, those little steps that I was yeah. doing, they created a, a large change that I'm noticing to this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people, when you say, you know, do people notice it or not, I think it depends on the individual. Like if someone is a mindful person, if someone is pretty perceptive, they are going to possibly notice more, uh, the subtle changes more than someone who is so inundated with busyness and they don't recognize what's happening around them. And then they look up and they're like, whoa, what happened? Right. right. So it, it's, it's, it's unique to the individual. Okay. Yeah. So potentially, unless you're mindful of it, you won't wouldn't notice until you hit like a pretty low consequence. Yeah. Or you're in a completely different surround. You look up and you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to go back to busyness, Mm -hmm. we live in a city that's always on the go. Much milder version of New York, I guess you would say, right? How can we change this busy way of life we have in our city? Do you think it's a bad? Do you think that it's something that could, needs to be changed. I think, well, I mean, living in Toronto, and yes, you're absolutely right compared to other cities, the lifestyle here, it's much more go, go, go. It's much more on par with, it reminds me, parts of it, like New York in mm-hmm. many ways. Um, I think, you know, to to the point of like, is business bad or good? I don't know if it's one or the other. I think more so it's about people again, to the point of being mindful, but even taking a few seconds to just, and it's funny because I actually was talking about this with a friend earlier today, um, or she brought up, brought this up and it's an important point, the importance of pausing, right? We, a lot of times tend to just one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, and then we're exhausted. And then we do it again over, over, and over again. And it's, it's not to anyone's fault. It's more so what we're surrounded, we're surrounded by structures and societal ways of, of doing things and norms and cultures where it's like you have to go, go, go to keep with the pace of the times. So I think more so than 
any point in time, especially in, in this day and era, it's very important to take a few seconds even. It doesn't take long, 30 seconds. True. Pause. Take a minute before a decision, before, you know, it, it, lunch break. Some people, will, a lot of people skip it. Like, take 30 seconds for yourself. And then see how you feel after that. Are you actually feeling hungry? Are you actually feeling tired? Right. right? Give your body time yeah, give your time. Feedback. Exactly. And then before you know it, you'll start craving those things when you pause more. Because then you get more in tune and you're more mindful of where your body and mind is. And then mm. it naturally progresses to a different state. But you have to take that act upon yourself. You have to decide to start taking subtle, doing subtle things to work towards that. Mm. Do you know who I think uses that method? Mm. The TTC. <laughs> Especially this past week. This past week was oh. terrible. I didn't get a chance to tell you, Ian, but I was Tuesday, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I was going to get my haircut, the barbershop, which is on like Laura and Bathurst. And it took me like, I had to wait for six subways yeah. to go by before I could find one. Then I got to Bloor Station, and it was chaos. There was nothing, but it was like... Escalator shut down. It was, it was like people hoarding was going on or something. Like an evacuation. Like, like, like yeah, it looked like an evacuation, but nobody was being evacuated. <laughs> we were just... It was the whole platform was trapped full of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad I worked from home that day. This is a good thing. Because yeah. the TTC will pause. Yeah. And and do the same thing the next day. But that's not intentional pause. So there's a difference. There is a difference. The intentional pause comes from finding, I'd say, the opposite of yeah. the TTC tracks, which is green spaces in the city. I think, I totally agree. I think you need to recognize that if the city brings out the busyness in you, then you have to make an extra effort to go find yeah. the counter to that. You have to take, it's it's really about, you know, that, that, um, intention so you're taking that power of i decide to pause versus i'm reacting and forcing pause those are two different things because if you are reacting to a circumstance that forces you to pause you are more likely than not resistant right because it came upon exactly you didn't decide right versus if it came from you you are more receptive to the pause wow i think that you should be on ted talk and not my (laughs) podcast <laughs> I, oh, I, so I think this this maybe this is I should change this episode from the art of change to TED Talk with Linda. <laughs> so all all audio. Linda has the aura of a TED Talk in that, like, what she's saying is profound, much like TED Talks tend to be. I just said profound twice, right? Well, right. Like, it's so, not a lot of times people say profound things more than once, and it's just like everything that comes out is just amazing. I mean, just, I just worry that we're romanticizing it because maybe it just means that people like you and I don't aren't mindful enough of change, and that this is something that everyone should be. And maybe that's a good and it's igniting something in you that I'm not mindful enough of change, no, right? More so that you're just acknowledging the facets of you know what I'm particularly saying that you're going. I'm resonating with this because I'm in a place in my life where I recognize this is something I possibly need to do. Well, I think that. You meet people like Linda, right? That have a thought process that's incredible, and you wonder why you don't think about things the same way, right? Because as you said, it does resonate with me. But since it resonates with me, why is it something I've thought about myself previously? You know? Well, you just maybe hadn't been exposed to the idea in 
its spoken form. I think we're all aware of what change is and that we can all right. better ourselves, but breaking it down in smaller pieces. For sure. Because it. even I jokingly said, you know, I think about changing the light bulb, you know, mm-hmm. but like for me, change is when something happens, right? When, and I guess by that definition, it's the same principles, mm-hmm. you know, when something happens that yields a particular result, mm-hmm. right? So like, let's say, the TTC just made a change technically, right? They have an extended line, which goes from, oh, I don't even know where it started. Like, Wilson, not Wilson. What's the last station? Shepherd on, you West know? now? They no, there's it, a right? few more stations after oh, that. Oh, uh, Vaughn. It goes to Vaughn. Yeah, it goes yeah. to Vaughn now, yeah. right? Which is a change. And it's interesting, now that we're talking about it, I think I'll look it up after we record. <laughs> but I'm wondering how that change is affecting the transit system, right? Because... I find the TTC to be very passionate. I don't want to make this whole thing about the TTC. Right. We can tell you're passionate about it. <laughs> you know, I just, it's just. A couple it's, of bad experiences. Yeah, doing but you know what? You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But this week has been particularly, I can feel you because it has been particularly messy. The way they and, handled the, and, the reactive, yeah. And I've been a person, I hear when I first moved to Toronto, I hear people complain about the TTC. I'm like, the TTC is amazing. What? Have you ever waited for a bus that you didn't know if it was going to come? You know? The TTC is incredible. And then you experience something like this, and you're like... And it overshadows. It overshadows it. You're like, why is it like this? Why do I have to wait for seven subways for for me to get on the subway? Red, it takes five good experiences to make up for one poor experience generally. So Hmm. you may be having to have some flawless TTC rides for a while to get back to it. Where did you get that expression from? I like that. Well, people tend to put more emphasis on a negative experience. No, but I think, I mean, that's anybody, right? You can have a hundred, you can can go to a restaurant and have a hundred great experiences, right? Then you have that one experience and then now you hate this restaurant, you know? So I think that's just how we are programmed, which is maybe something we should change the way we think about certain things and it starts with the individual so let's switch gears a little bit um and i completely had this question in my head and then it just lost me (laughs) um how are or how is excuse me personal change and professional change connected well i you know dealing with change in organizations you know there is there's a there's a profound or, or main understanding that you know change in organizations it's really essentially it's individual change and it's consolidated to in the midst of a, a big bigger group so let's say it's 100 employees right and you're enforcing a new system on them right you have to acknowledge that yeah the system in itself will trigger them to work differently but in itself respect the fact that they're all individuals coming with life experiences into the change right so they work hand in hand because you still have to respect the individual and how they manage change and that everyone's going to gradually move through the change journey differently. Do you think that when professional change is applied, mm-hmm. that that is usually the process that the organization will use to implement the change? I think theoretically that's recommended, <laughs> but I can tell you from experience, it's not obviously it's not as seamless because, mm. of course, everyone's going to be um, as I alluded to earlier. Everyone's going to respond to change differently, mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. now not only are you dealing with 
one-on-one -on -one change, but you're bringing all those individuals together, imagine, and you're dealing with a, a multitude of, of reactions to that change, right? So it's it, it adds a very complicated process, another layer to it, right? So, I mean, there's very, there's different dynamics in play when it comes to, you know, organizational change in itself. So that, I guess, speaks to when an organization is changing their inherent structures. Yeah. As opposed to, I actually initially thought of that question as, what is it like for the individual mm -hmm. when they're personally changing, and then how does that affect their professional life? Um, and I, I immediately thought that change being both good and bad could affect your professional life, but I think to when things are going well personally for me, they're usually going well professionally because I have a similar positive outlook on the work mm -hmm. that I'm doing. Um, so that, in that sense, I think just having employers being in a good personal space allows them to handle better change professionally um, because they're feeling more flexible and, and that the the role that they may have at their job isn't the be-all and end-all of their life. And so they can kind of handle those blows a bit better if there's change in an organization. Well, absolutely. And I think that goes hand in hand with, you know, as a person is more mindful or more in tune with themselves they won't rely on outside forces to dictate how they manage, you know, stressors, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have more self-control over that or, um, or more in tune with your own needs or self-worth or whatever you want to call it, um, you'll be able to manage external changes or external things that are put upon you, and let's say it's in a, in a company, better, right? You'll be able to withstand that better. So my question to you is, um, I guess a lot of that has to do from the organizational perspective. Yeah. A lot of it has to do as to why an organization may be making or implementing a change, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I, is an organization making its change because they think that it will increase efficiency, policies, whatever the case may be, or there have been those cases where they're just making a change because they're just making a change. No, I think they go a lot of, I mean, from my experience, many organizations, they'll, they'll invest in a change because, um, you know, whether it's to remain competitive or it's to improve efficiency. I mean, they go into it with a genuine, genuine intent, right? Um, but they, depending on the organization, how prepared they are for the change, they may not understand the, the how, how complicated it can be. Right when you're dealing mm. with people, because mm -hmm. it's very different to deal with process changes, right? Mm. Where you're not dealing with personalities or the human factor, and you throw in people into that mix, mm -hmm. and it adds a it adds a, a layer of complication in itself, and it, it's very convoluted process. And it's also being mindful of, you know, we have to respect the time that it takes for people to change, right? Right. So it's also education factor of organizations recognizing it. It is a process in itself. So. To, to merge the two, per professional and personal, do you think that people and organizations, um, that they try to avoid change? Um, so that's that's a tough question because... That's why uh, I wrote it down. Yeah. I was no. hoping... I just wanted something that would get you to be like, whoa, that is too much for me, Redmond. Can we go to another one? No, I think, <laughs> so I think that ties in with comfort, right? I think a lot of people will be, you know, the, the idea of that they're comfortable with the day-to-day, -day, 
right? They're comfortable with routine. I'm not saying everybody is, but a lot of people are. So when you introduce something that can disrupt that, um, a lot of people's immediate reaction might be resistance. Like, why are we doing this? No, I don't want to do this, right? So you're going to get, you might get a lot of upheaval. Is that from confirmation bias that we just, we like what's currently Current, happening because right. we see it as functional? Yes, and I think sometimes too, not all the time, but sometimes it could also be a lack of understanding, oh, right? It, it, I mean, it has to be. Yeah, because I've also seen changes that are proposed mm -hmm. that it would actually make the individual's life easier. Mm -hmm. But because the delivery of it mm -hmm. is not articulated or expressed clearly, it, 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 it kind of, you know, um, it overshadows the, mm -hmm. the benefit of that change. You know what I think about when I when I hear that? I think about the the perception of millennials, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think there are a lot of people from previous generations that would say if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. Right? But I feel like we're in a generation millennials are where it's like, yeah, it may not necessarily be broke, but we can make it better still. Mm -hmm. You know? So we're going to try to change it yeah. based on that because it's not broken. What you're doing works, but we think we can make it more efficient. We can make it more seamless. We can, we can have that mentality mm. when we approach our change. When I so, hear that, I think of how we're quicker to change the technology in the world around us to make it more efficient, but maybe mm. not don't see it as a priority to do it for ourselves necessarily because we see a lot of change going on around us and we assume that's change in our lives. But really we're staying maybe a little bit more stagnant compared to what's going on around us. Definitely. Says something profound. But it's interesting you say that because I know this conversation about millennials comes up a lot in organizations. Mm. And you know, yeah. We're actually gonna do a podcast episode about it. That's fantastic because yeah. I think it's so front and center with uh, you know a lot of you know organizations and individuals minds today um but i think too much change can be bad too right mm -hmm. i think you know i mean i am a firm believer that it's important to also take the time to experience things and to soak up the benefit of things and um, moments and you know, what I worry about is the pace of change that occurs. Um, are, are people allowing or absorbing the very experience that's hitting them? Or are they just immediately, are they, are they creating things and then jumping to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then what does that do to connection, right? Do people lose the essence of connection in that because mm -hmm. they're not soaking up the experience long enough to even connect to it they're just jumping right but i feel like that's kind of the world we live in today right where it's like it's true it's a big an iphone yeah. can come out today and it works perfectly fine yeah. and it will work fine yeah for the next four or five years mm -hmm. but the next iphone is going to come out next year but you know? do you but do you find from your experiences both both you and, and ian um that Let's say you get a new gadget mm -hmm. or um, a new system or whatever you, whatever it is. Um, as soon as you get it, you're looking for the next thing, right? Like, and I'm not saying you guys specifically, but I I find that I witness that more. Mm -hmm. Like, people aren't grateful. And I'm not saying all people, but what I worry about is 
Like, are we losing that connection to be in a state of gratitude long mm. enough to like absorb the, the benefits or the experience mm. of the situation or thing that we have in our hands or in our life? Because we're, we, we get the thing that we were looking at. And mm. then when we get it, our attention is, okay, let's now look for the next thing. Right. There's never this sense yeah. of like, yeah. you know, appreciation, maybe like I just I worry that that sense could be lost eventually. I, I think for me personally, when I get something new, I'm very excited to have that new thing. Yeah. But then eventually that new thing, it kind of wanes. It's like, OK, this is great. Mm -hmm. The PlayStation 3 is great. I've had it for many years. But you know what? That PlayStation 4 is out now. And it, it does so much more things than mm -hmm. that PlayStation 3. And I think that goes into the decision, Yeah. now that I think about it, yeah. to, to make that type of change. Which is what a lot of organizations, if we're talking about like businesses, when they promote things, is, yes, it's the same iPhone, but it does three or four more things now. Mm -hmm. you know, And that's the selling point for most things. Yeah, your, your, your Tide cleans fine, the detergent. Mm -hmm. But now it comes in little pods, mm. right? Where you don't have to waste any detergent when you go. Uh, I'm not sure if that was that marketing scheme, but I imagine that like that's an improvement upon using regular liquid detergent or regular mm. power detergent. You don't have to spill it. You don't waste any. It's just throw that pod in the washing machine. Bam, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And that's a small change that. I guess if you're thinking about your laundry experience, yeah. it has improved your laundry, yeah. you know, experience. Well, I mean, well, that's but the what the the I think the key thing you said there is um, years, right? And I think fine, that actually should be expected. Like you know, you you get a gadget or whatever, and then you expect you know there's going to be a more refined product, maybe in a year or two. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is the rate of things, you know, innovating. Right. It's happening faster and faster and faster. So, you know, from my perspective, what I worry about is the the time in between things being brought front and center is going to get shorter and shorter. So is right. it going to create an experience of people, less people connecting and appreciating and more so, okay, you got it now moving to the next thing. Like they're, they're, they're not present. So you think, so what you're saying is if you have change that happens so often, there will be a disconnect. Disconnect and you're not present. You're not centered, right? You're always looking at the future. It becomes an expectation yeah. that whatever you have will slowly become irrelevant or yeah. not up to standard. And it happens faster and faster. And as it becomes faster and faster, I think the pressure mounts yeah. in that sense. And, and, but that is, again, that's a competitive consumer market that's driving that change. Absolutely. Right. I mean, if you look at the stats on fast fashion, more clothes by 400% are being bought over the 1980s. Yeah. And they they can't even give away clothes fast enough at this point. Clothes yeah. are getting burned around the country just because they can't, people don't need the amount of clothes that are being bought and then not needed. Which has created movements for the, you know, movements, and I don't know their names offhand, but um, against fast fashion in the sense of mm -hmm. like programs about like keep your clothes for a year or, you know, recycle Clothing programs. Swaps yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting in itself too, yeah. I don't. I've never done a clothing swap. I've heard. But, but it's interesting how it's creating these movements in response uh, to that, which is fantastic. Um, but it says a lot. Like people are acknowledging, like the pace of, of again the changes mm. and competition and how it's fueling that pace. 
right? It's a mm-hmm. fire that's only kind of building. Yeah. Plus, fashion is one of those industries where styles are recycled every few years. So true. Should have, right? Like, yeah. it's everything. But they can't come back soon enough that they aren't forced to go buy new clothes. They can right. come back every 20 years, but then by then, you'll have bought People, new garments. Right, so it's fine. right. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some harder questions. I want to see if oh, I can. Harder, really? No, I don't know. I'm, I don't think there are any hard questions for you. You know, um, which are. I need to Google right now. How do you get on TED Talk? Because I am going to sign Linda just up ones. Just, as soon yeah. as as soon as oh, one becomes yeah. available. Red, it's just like your stand up. You can go do an open mic. You kind of just you sign up. St- you should do the TED Talk with me. What, what would I talk about? You will be, from a podcast perspective, your experiences, you know, the other facets of what you do, bring it into the realm, and yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. I think you need to be up there first, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll guide the way. You'll pass. Your humor will lighten the mood. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, your your mind <laughs> will will far outweigh you know? you'll be like you'll be a fantastic you know opening act let's say that, that. <laughs> you are um, though you have a you know a sensible aura about the fact that you naturally can make people smile and that is a fantastic quality to have well i just don't it's let a you, gift just right? let you know you just naturally made me smile <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so um Back to change. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know if we covered this before already or if it's something you may have given one of those great explanations <laughs> you give that only you can give. Um, how, how can people, or in general, right? And you can, you can put this per- professionally or personal if you like. Okay. How do you identify if and how a change needs to be made? Um, how I personally, are you talking from my perspective? From your perspective. It can be personally, or you can, you can give us a professional view of it, or you can give us both. Um, so I'll just break it down in a simple way. How I define, um, when a need, when a change needs to be made is when the current, my current state is just not working for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am a firm believer, um, in aligning to my instincts and if something just does not feel right, that's usually my sign to look deeper and and do something about it, like act on it. And that act in itself is the the trigger to take on changes. Okay. Yeah. Pause. Let's pause for a moment. Sorry. I just Googled how to become a TED speaker. Okay. <laughs> Linda's answering your yeah. apparently more difficult questions. Yeah. And you're well, on. yeah, he's like... I just need to like. I, okay. I just. I was like, you so know, because you a researcher, just yeah. to do the research. I, I, can do the laptop I went. I went to. I went to. As we were talking, I googled how to get on TED Talk, right? And then I had that question. Then I went back and I said, "Oh, this is way like Linda needs to be on TED Talk." To Linda's point. If, 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 yeah. If, Sorry, if, if I'm ever on TED Talk. Yeah, I'm going to tell people to listen to this podcast. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love that. Okay, the fact that you're on it, oh my gosh. I would become like Will Smith on Instagram right now. Free hype for Red. Free hype. (laughs) So, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I could say to your point of being in a state where you feel like you're at, you're in a, maybe a fragile state or you you don't feel grounded or that, yeah, it's something that has to trigger it. For me, my most recent feeling of wanting to change came from, um, being told for the first time in a long time that someone didn't want to be my friend. Like there was someone who was choosing to not want to be friends with me. Wow. And I think that for me had never come up and it really forced me to kind of wrestle with what I'd done to them and what that meant about my personality at the time and now. Like what that what does that mean about the type of person that I am now? Mm-hmm. Um because I justified it that way and that it was a while ago, but then you recognize that if you haven't realized until now that that was the case, there's things that you need to actually look at and then physically change by yourself if it's going to be any different from a scenario where you're, you know, alienating a friend like that. So I think it, it kind of took, that was my version of rock bottom was losing mm-hmm. a friend and not knowing that I'd alienated them. Yeah. Cause that I have always considered myself a self-aware person, which seems to be step one of change. Mm-hmm. But when I hadn't been self-aware enough, it, it made me wrestle with so many things before even wanting to start with step one. Yeah. Well, I feel as though there are only so many levels of like self-awareness you can actually be for yourself. Right. Because I think that everybody has, things about them that you don't realize until somebody else points them out to you. But self-awareness can come through other people like illuminating these things for you. It doesn't have to always be through like soul searching and like Mm -hmm. thinking about yourself and how every scenario, it doesn't have to be just you who does it. I mean, I think we take, when we go out into the world, the stimulus that we get, they give us this feedback as to like how we're doing in society. And I think in a lot of cases that tells us right there, like how self-aware we are. Like that's where I draw my self-awareness is kind of from the reactions I get from my environment. Right. Absolutely. So we've identified how Mm -hmm. you make a change, right? Now comes maybe even the harder part is uh, implementing that change. So what do you think is the best way to properly to ensure that you're doing this the best way? Um, How do you make sure you properly implement changes? Well, I think, and I think I alluded to this a little bit earlier. um, So the first step, and Ian mentioned this, is obviously being self-aware, acknowledging that that change needs to occur. And then the second step is um, acknowledging that there's an action. Um, But what's important is... Um, not only taking the act, but holding yourself accountable in some mm-hmm. way. Um, so wh- whether that's external things that hold you accountable or a partner that holds you accountable um, or children that hold you accountable, like a sense of responsibility, whatever it is, there has to be a strong sense of accountability because it is a natural tendency for a lot of people to make commitments to change things Mm-hmm. And then they'll find themselves down the rope reverting back and not really have made the change, but they thought mm-hmm. long and hard about all the different ways they can change, right? And they've made, you know, resolutions or a list or things that they, and they intellectually understand, I need to make changes, mm-hmm. right? But acting upon the change and sustaining change is a whole different ballgame, right? So a support system is, is from my perspective, needed. Right. So whether it be some a lot of people use, you know, whether it's a a coach, a friend, uh, a a mentor, uh, like like I mentioned earlier, a partner, 
there has to be something motivating you mm-hmm. and cheering you on to to help you on that journey. Right? So you believe that for a person to make implement or make an effective change, they don't necessarily have to be doing it by themselves. No, I think it's actually, I mean, there are people who through circumstance, they're forced, like if they're forced to change, that in itself can be a strong motivating factor, right? Like if it's a, a traumatic situation or that living the old way is detrimental to their health or livelihood, that in itself is motivating enough to just sustain the change. But for people who are doing changes that, you know, eh, they can still live with the old state. Like they see the new state being a nice to have. Like maybe it's like losing weight. Like Mm -hmm. they are like, I want to lose 20 pounds this year, but I can still live with the 20 pounds. Like they're in limbo. What I have found is when they have a stronger support around them, Mm -hmm. um, they are more likely than not to succeed. But that doesn't take away from the expectation or how they have to take responsibility to act, right? So it's not more so putting the responsibility in the other person to hold you accountable. It's acknowledging that I have a role to play in my change, but it'd be great to have a partner in this to help me on the journey, right? right? So if... um... I think it's important the type of person you choose if you decide Absolutely. to go that way. Absolutely, you definitely need to. So, uh, what do you think the qualities of this person that is the support mm-hmm. should have at least bare minimum to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bare minimum. Yeah. You know, um, I don't want you. I don't want to have to be like it's. They have to be. No, no. Will no. Smith. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, what do you think the qualities this person should have in order for that person to make? the person they're supporting to make an effective change? So I think from my perspective, simple, there's two things. There's someone you trust because there has to be a sense of vulnerability. You have to acknowledge a lot of deep things most likely than not um, to take upon a change in varying degrees. Um, and so trust. And there was another thing that I was going to say too. And I lost my train of thought. That's fine. I yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. That is my middle name. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> but yeah uh yeah i mean but but trust in itself is is very important too oh and then the other one i remembered now uh too uh is does the person inspire you Mm -hmm. right um i think for from my perspective when change has been successful for me um i've felt a sense of pull Mm -hmm. there was i could not articulate it but it was like this pull right and you know, it's interesting because you mentioned Will Smith, right? Love and him. yeah, Love him. and he did a video recently, and it, you know, a lot of people would agree it was inspiring. Mm-hmm. But more so than not, it was a pull, right? Mm. So if you can find pullers in your life, whether it's a partner, a friend, whatever, um, that can motivate you along the journey, mm-hmm. you probably will succeed in the ever, the, whatever change you are trying to pursue. Do you remember what the his message was in that video. So Fanning the flame one? That one? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah I think that was yeah. the latest video yeah, I, I saw. I think that's the one I, yeah. I sent to you in the group. But again, he alludes to the right. whole, it's important. You got to have a great support cast. Yeah, he talks about that too, the actually. Philly, the Philly way is, don't have no j- janky jokers around you. Yeah. You know, that ain't helping you shine, basically what it was. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah and, that. and that also is a really important point, mm-hmm. and I think it ties in well, is, you know, as you're on a journey to, most people, when they're on an endeavor of a, a change that 
feels right, it's more so bringing them closer to who they are. And mm -hmm. in that journey, you will notice that there may be people mm -hmm. that you have to face that are not lined up to where or who you're meant to be. And mm -hmm. so that can be a struggle for some people because that means it could be even a childhood friend that you're just holding on to, but you're like... Because of the history. The history, right. but you are also fighting with the whole, but we're not on the same page anymore. You're yeah. actually two different people, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of people who, who, do, who are mm -hmm. maybe toggling with that right now. Mm -hmm. um, but, but that's... And he talks about that, you know. As you go on a journey, you may find that the people that you were once surrounded by with, some of them might fall away, mm -hmm. some of them will sustain, mm -hmm. and it's just because you are on a journey to fulfill a purpose or align to you, who you are, essentially, and on that journey, when you end up there, you realize the people that are around you are inspiring and people you can trust. Really, it falls into those two things. So that's why I always measure things with those two facets in a simple way, and then you could add other layers, but yeah. That's why I text you like every day. <laughs> but you know what? No, <laughs> but you know what? The thing is, like, yes, it's, I mean, you mentioned this earlier too, but a lot of this stuff, if it resonates with people, it's mm -hmm. only, it's not new information a lot of times. Mm -hmm. It's it's resonating because it's something you already know, right? You have all of that knowledge. Right. If you didn't, this would not make any sense to you. It's the recognition. So it's recognition. I'm just yeah, aligning. I'm. I'm just. You're just recognizing that you know everything I'm saying. At some level, you do. So do you think that people, not just myself, people like to have the acknowledgement from another person for them to confirm? Hey, this is what I think. Actually, I don't. I don't know if it's a like or not like. I. I think more so people. You know in some way may need that validation to just help them be more comfortable with where they're headed right it's a comfort it goes back mm -hmm. to comfort right um so how you however you want to define it but essentially you know yeah it's, it's comfort let's just simplify it's comfort sorry i'm speechless right yeah. now. i'm always speechless <laughs> don't add to that point but yeah no, yeah. <laughs> I, no yeah a healthy a healthy balance of of positive and like critical feedback um, from the people that you trust right. and and that inspire you because I think part of being inspired by someone else is knowing that they have a quality that you right. want right. to have as well and that usually means acknowledging that you have a quality that you don't love so or, much. or could there be a person that you keep around that has a quality that necessarily you may not have but you I guess you could say um, you 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 admire the fact that that person has that quality Mm -hmm. And they're a good person, right? Mm -hmm. And they're a great support system, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I can tell you, for me, like the quality I love now that I'm starting to learn is the value in organization, mm. right? Mm. And the fact that, you know, we're recording this now in February, yeah. but we scheduled this in December, yeah. I think, you know? And uh, that required, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I think is something, the reason we weren't having consistent podcast episodes last year was because I wasn't planning these things out mm. and talking to people and saying, hey, let's schedule it. Let me send you a meeting invite. Here's the outline, you know, because people think, oh, are you serious? You know, is this really happening? And then when I would send the meeting invite and then there's the outline attached to it, they're like, oh, he's serious. Yeah. This yeah. is real. And people are more inclined yeah. to want to be able to, to 
help you or be a part of something you're trying to do. Well, you definitely have to take yourself seriously before anyone else will because that you can fake it as much as you want for yourself. But I think other people will see through it and you'll start to realize that you're faking it as well. Speaking of faking it, I've seen this yeah. great TED Talk. Okay. <laughs> of course you have. Where she said, fake it till you become it. Right. Man, mm-hmm. It was a great, I forgot. Because if you're faking it to make it, you're faking it because you want it ultimately. So, right. Or you should be. So I, if you if you want to eventually get there. To the I bottom. don't remember the name of the woman who presented. Um, and now I think about it, I'm pretty sure this is actually this one Linda sent to me. So. Oh, but, oh, out of all this, is <laughs> Linda's TED Talk. I see this TED Talk, actually. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I just want to give you a chance, though. Um, tell everybody about Lenoara and um, everything you've got going on with that. Yeah, so um, so Lenoara Coaching and Consulting is uh, my company. So essentially, I provide uh, transformational coaching services one-on-one mainly um, to help people, and as I've alluded to this conversation during this podcast, to help individuals through the change process, and it's very tailored and specific to the individual needs, um, and I also do change management within organizations. Um, I also have um, Elwar Collective, which is a lot of the writing, inspirational content, um, and that's what's associated with my social media as well. So how long have you been doing Lenoir? How long has... Lenoir. When did Lenoara launch? Um, so Lenoara launched in Toronto because I moved from Alberta. So we'll, we'll start from uh, Toronto. So it launched last year, late, late last year. Um, but I've been doing this type of work, change work, for for a number of years, um, and in organizations and individually, I was I didn't realize up until maybe a couple years ago, um, I was just doing it naturally. Um, with people and um, life uh, talks to you in many ways and finally I'm falling into my purpose and going you know what this is what I want to do help people through the change process individually especially um, and it's a passion of mine so I'm seeing where it goes and I hope it goes well it will Thank go you. well you just it's going well it's happening right now <laughs> this this moment <laughs> the light in your face and the darkness <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny so um before we go all right um i just want to let everybody know how you become a speaker on ted talk <laughs> okay so they can be sure to sign up uh-huh so let's see um is it a long process well, this is a long article, so... <laughs> I was looking at this, I was like, uh, that looks like... It's a an article, shouldn't it just have a... Yeah, like full of points or something. Uh, I thought it was, right? Oh, you're I, not even on the TED Talk site, that's why. It's a blog about it. Oh, it's an American Express blog. Yeah, okay, let's see, speaking at, speaking at TED. news there, Red. Get true news, or is he straight? Straight to the source, TED Talks. Okay, here we go. FAQ, speaking at TED. How do I suggest a speaker? Use our speaker recommendation form. Okay, oh, I'm going so to download that. It's up to us. It's up to us. Okay. Redmond, really? <laughs> <laughs> there, I'm sure there's a long waiting list. Oh, we're going to figure out how to get you to the top. Yeah, we're going to get you to the top. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse, <laughs> Excuse me. me. Yo, you guys are missing out. Have you listened to my podcast? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. You're going to be like, 
Let me play it for you. Let me email you and social media. Yeah, this. but not yeah. to promote the podcast, <laughs> to promote you, right? It's it's via because I'm I'm making your fire into a blaze oh, of you're, glory. You're, you're fanning my flames. <laughs> I'm fanning your flames. Okay, but let's not forget that this comes down to Linda to actually implement. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Thank like, you. And she has to break break it all down into ten concise. Yeah. All these 10 or 15 I don't know but it changes between I, in 10 I think yeah. you're 18 if you're really good you know, I'm, like, I'm gonna be stay on stage I'm gonna be that friend work. though I'm gonna be that friend Aww. that supports her to get there because she is providing a service that I believe in mm-hmm. and I want everybody else in the world to be able to know about it oh that's sweet thank yeah. you thank so, you let's make this happen <laughs> so <laughs> so I got the speaker recommendation form Redmond. Can I suggest someone I don't personally know personally? Please do. Just let us know how you have heard about this person and why you think they should speak at TED. I think it'd be better to actually suggest someone you don't know personally because then it usually means you would respect what they're saying and kind of like you've gone out of your way to do it as opposed to your friend. You got a bit of bias. Not to say you don't deserve and wouldn't be an amazing speaker, Linda. I'm just saying. Do you think think Linda would be an amazing speaker at TED? Of course. That goes without saying, but, um, <laughs> but we, I mean, we got to give ourselves the, every shot to, to get our, to the top of that waiting list. Oh, Usually it's $20 a bouncer. It's not that hard. <laughs> okay. So we're definitely going to play this. Oh. We're going to do some more research off the air. Oh, okay. Because they have a TED Talks, the official TED Guide to Public Speaking. Oh, geez. Right? So we can check, take a look at that. Okay. Um, But I'm definitely going to fill out this form. I'm letting you know right now. Absolutely. Well, the and fact that you have that belief system, mm-hmm. thank you. That That's no very sweet. Probably. Very, very sweet. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> thank you, Linda, for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Going to close thank it you. out. Um, so, how can, you know, our, our podcast, Three Listeners, find out more about what you do and how to stay updated on your work? I would say follow us on Elwara Collective on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and that's the best way to keep in the loop. On, mm-hmm. on what's next. So what's your Twitter? Uh, you're on Twitter, right? Twitter, um, Twitter uh, Instagram, and Facebook. So it's Elwar Collective, L-W-A-R-A, um, Collective, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. Please, everybody, follow Linda. You will not. It's like following Will Smith. <laughs> okay, come down. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Follow Will Smith, I guess. Yeah, gotta he's follow, awesome. Follow, you got to follow Will Smith yeah. on Instagram. Anyways, yeah. everybody. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us at the podcast, you can email us at youngprostalk at gmail.com or you can go to our website, youngprostalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at youngprostalks. Thanks, everybody. I hope you guys were as inspired as I was today and enjoy the rest of your time. The music featured in today's podcast episode is So Thick by Preto Shines. You can listen to this song and more music by this artist at freemusicarchive.org.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.